you have a whole world of different opportunities. Same kid, same school, same class, but because you're a journalist and because you're working in journalism, you have a whole million miles more of opportunities to learn. The process of journalism has a lot in common with education. You ask questions and you learn things and then you write about them. This week we talked to someone who's helping young people to learn more about the world through journalism. I'm Michael O'Connell. This is It's All Journalism. John Vitti is a journalist who has worked in Boston newspapers for more than 30 years, the last 20 at the Boston Globe. Back in 2007, John founded the Kniff Kids News, an online newspaper at Kniff Elementary in Watertown, Massachusetts. That effort spread to other schools and led to the creation of Headliners in Education. Welcome to the podcast, John. Thank you, Michael. Thank you for having me. So let's start with your background in journalism. Tell me what got you interested in journalism in, in the first place. Well, I, was, I wish I had a much better origin story, but uh, I went to Ithaca College, and in Ithaca College, I did a, a lot of TV there. I went as a business major, and, and I realized after about a week and a half that I didn't want to be a business major. So I did a lot of TV and things of that nature. And at the time, they didn't have a journalism program. They didn't have a writing program. So in terms of just graduating, I graduated as a philosophy religion major. And so when you graduate as a philosophy religion major, there's not too many jobs to be had in any market other than, you know, like Pope or something of that nature. But I did uh, TV for four years with a bunch of very talented people who have gone on to do all sorts of things like there's Dave Juskow, who's a, a comic in New York, and Chris Regan, who writes, he used to write for The Daily Show, and now he writes for Family Guy. And Danny Vermont, who's at Bill Maher, and John Weber, and Dave Newsom, and all these other people who were all, were all there together. So initially, I thought I was going to go into some sort of entertainment field or New York or Los Angeles. In the meantime, I needed to pay bills. And so I was uh, moving furniture and um, digging ditches and things like that. And I really don't enjoy, you know, I didn't want to be doing too much of that stuff. So I graduated in 86. In the fall of 86, I... Uh, I found the local paper was looking for sports reporters to cover high school games and to cover high school sports and get paid for it. Yeah, I'm all in. So I started doing that. And that was the fall of 86. A couple of years later, I got a job at the Boston Herald on their sports copy desk. And I was there for 11 years. And then I, in 99, the Globe called me. And in Boston, the Globe and the Herald physically are about a mile apart from each other. So it was the same exact job, but the same, the same hours, but just a mile away. So it was easy enough to switch over there. And so in 99, I went to the Globe, and I've been basically in sports ever since. So do you like covering sports? Oh, I love it. I mean, it's to get paid <laughs> to, to watch football and baseball, and it's a lovely, lovely thing. You know, at the end of the day, it's still just sports. So it's never crime and politics and death and, and you know, COVID-19 and sadness. So even at its worst, it's still just sports. It's a lovely, lovely way to make a living. And, you know, people care about it. So... Like in the quarantine, there's all this very, very important and serious things going on, but people would turn to sports. It was their escape and they enjoy it. So it's nice to know that you're being read and it's nice to know that you're being, your work is being appreciated and your work is being seen. So mostly I, would been, I started off as, as a writer, but then I, for most of my career, I've been in the newsroom as an editor, a layout person or something of that nature. In the time frame that you're sort of giving here, being at the Globe and, and the Herald before it, you saw a lot of good and great sports stories in the Boston market in between the Patriots, the Sox, and the Bruins. Oh, my God, yeah. The last, 
the last 15 years, the people who, like my kids and their friends, they don't have any appreciation for what it was like the previous 20, 30 years. And they take for granted that the Patriots are in the Super Bowl every year. So, yeah, it's, it's been an incredible, incredible run. What's the situation in the sports department during COVID? You know, what are you guys focusing on? So we're starting to finally starting to circle back and somewhat more normal. We're all at home. We're all working out of our houses. Thankfully, the technology allows us to do this. But so we're doing the same job except at home, you know, Zoom meetings and Slack and things of that nature. But in the beginning, we were just trying to fill the pages with whatever we could. So a lot of it was COVID stories or how the players were doing, how the teams were doing, what was being canceled, what wasn't being canceled. Then it looped back into the return of sports. Starting now for the next six, seven months is going to be quite busy because every sport everywhere is playing or is going to try to play. So there's, there'll be some weekends, there'll be, you know, the Kentucky Derby and college football and the World Series and the NBA Finals all, <laughs> all in the same two-hour span. It's going to be bonkers. Well, you guys are going to be busy at least. Yes. There's worse problems to have. It's, it's a good busy. It's a plethora of sports a smorgasbord of sports for you in the, in the coming months. So, you know, how did you get involved with the Kenneth News, Kids News? I have two daughters, and uh, I, went, I met my wife at the, at the Herald. She worked like six feet away from me, so that's where we met. The way the, the story goes is my oldest daughter, Charlotte, was doing a, a paper, and it was, it was something like write about your favorite day or write about your a favorite memory. And so she's a very talented writer, and she's a very smart kid, but she was, having, she was struggling a lot with the assignment. And so we were talking about it, and I was saying, well, you know, really what you need here is you need some description, and you need a lead, and you need some quotes, and you need some of this, and you need some of that. And I realized as we were talking about it that what I was talking about was journalism. And I realized that if kids wrote more than when they had to write, they'd be more proficient at it. Because a kid can always bang out a page of math. Because three times three is always nine, and two plus two is always four. But if I say, you know, describe my shirt, well, it's, it's got spots on it. It's long sleeve. It's rolled up. It's got pizza stain. You wore it yesterday. You got it for Christmas. All those things are correct. What's the right answer? Well, they're all right answers. And that's the hard part about writing is that there's lots and lots and lots and lots of right answers. And the only way to become proficient at it is to be comfortable with making those 10,000 choices that go into every sentence. So two plus two is always four. Three times three is always nine. But for a writer the more you write, the more comfortable you get with that process. So it struck me that if the kids wrote more in some sort of setting, then when they had to write more, when they had to write their book reports or their biology papers or their standardized tests or their college apps or their job reviews, when they had to write more, then they'd be better at it. And then they'd be more proficient at it. They'd be more efficient at it and they'd be more successful. I mean, you still have to do it anyway, but if I said, you know, you had to mow the lawn, it can take you a half hour or an hour. Either way, you have to mow the lawn. Oh, yeah, I'd like to do it for a half hour. And so that was the thought. That was So we started a newspaper, The Cunt of Kids News, and that was in the December 2007. And because we didn't have our budget, we just had it online, and we co-opted a teacher page. And we just had whoever wanted to, to do it, do it. And so the thought was, we'll talk about uh, you know, new teachers or broken lockers or school lunches or field trips or things like that. And anybody could play because it's who, what, where, when, and it's descriptions and it's quotes. And it was fantastic. It was worked really well. It resonated with all sorts of different kids and it grew and grew and grew. 
And what I found very quickly was that a kid working as a journalist had available to them so many more educational opportunities. There's so many things they could do. There's so many ways they could learn. There's so many possibilities. So let's say, for example, you like politics and you're in high school and you're in a high school history class. Well, in high school history class, you're going to learn about 1776 and you're going to learn about the Civil War and you're going to learn about the Great Depression. But if you're a newspaper kid and you like politics, for example, you can write about the 2020 presidential campaign. You can write about Me Too. You can write about Black Lives Matter. You can write about the school election. You can write about the town council. You can write about dress code. And you can you have a whole world of different opportunities same kid, same school, same class, but because you're a journalist and because you're working in journalism, you have a whole million miles more of opportunities to learn. So it, even at the youngest ages, even down to pre-K, kids could, you know, if they're writing about their, their soccer team or their field trip, the process of being a journalist, the writing, the reporting, the note taking, the picture taking, the page layout, the editing, the working with older kids, the working with boys, working with girls, the interpersonal stuff, the pleases and thank yous and, and follow up questions and thinking on your feet. All those are wonderful, wonderful, wonderful skills that come into play later on. And so a kid as a, working as a journalist has a much more fulfilling and enriching educational experience. And whether they become journalists or not at the end, fine, it, that don't matter. It's lovely if they become journalists and they go work in, in journalism and newspapers and TV stations. But if a kid is working in journalism as a kindergartner, as a second grader, as a middle schooler, as a high schooler, they just can, uh, the whole, there's a whole different educational, whole, wonder, whole wonderful world of educational opportunities to be found. Yeah, you're sort of saying that and you got me thinking that you're also you're opening up that kid's ability to see the world in a different way and, you know, realize that, you know, sometimes when you, when you're in school, you just get assignments, you know, people are telling you things to do, but you know, once you, you become a journalist and you start looking at the world in that way, it's the things that interest you. It's, it's the questions you want answered that kind of spark you. You also have a legitimate audience too. So if you're in an English class and you're being given a book report, well, you might have that great book report and you might get an A plus on it and you take it home and you put it on your refrigerator and, and mom and dad and grandma and the postman see it, but that's it. But if same kid, same school, same book, but does a book review, publishes it online, now tens of thousands of people all around the world can read that same book review. And that book review can be read by the author and, that 10, and, and people who have thought about reading that book and may now want to read it or not want to read it. But it's, um, you have a whole different wonderful audience that is an authentic audience. You have real readership for your stuff. So the kid gets a much better feedback and is working for a much, much more valuable goal than just make work that is, well, not, not just make work, but just, you know, a, a traditional assignment. Yeah, that, that has no end except whatever the grade is. Um, so, you know, in researching this, uh, you know, I see that, you know, this program started in elementary school and then when it went to middle school and into high school, I assume that that was following sort of the track of your, your children. It happened to, yeah. So I, I was at the couple of years after we started the kind of kids news, what, uh, Charlotte was in middle school and I was involved there. And you gotta remember I'm working nights and weekends. So I have the days free. My wife was working days. So I was at one of the meetings and they were talking about, we're going to 
we want to do this, we want to do that. And I said, well, we're doing this at the, at the Cunniff. Do you want to, you know, add a newspaper? And the principal was all for it. And they said, yeah, well, we can put it in an enrichment class. And so I helped the teacher at the time. And we had a, a, a middle school enrichment uh, class that was a newspaper. And so we started a newspaper there. And that ended up being a web and print. And what happens there is what we do is we, the kids work on it for the semester. And then they put a, we put a print product together. And that print product goes home with the grades. So everybody gets their grades and the, a copy of the Watertown Splash newspaper. Oh, neat. So, so it's, a, once again, very authentic work directed to the readership. And everybody wins. A couple of years after that, the person who was teaching journalism at the high school got another job at another district. And so I, I said, well, it's, you know, to me, it's the same program. It's the same. It's just different kids, but it's the same work. You know, I can become the advisor for that as well. And so I became the advisor for that. And that, that grew into other things. Now, I know that you said that you started, you know, your, your professional career as a, as a journalist by writing sports at the local newspaper. Had you had any, like, you know, were you involved in journalism in, in high school or college at all? High school knows uh, yearbook and then college was, I had a couple, I was, had a bunch of writing classes, but they didn't have a writing major, no real journalism there. So I basically, I don't want to say sadly, but I, I didn't, along the way, I, didn't, I never had any type of formal journalism training. Well, you got plenty on the job, I'm sure. Probably something that's very valuable in the teaching. Tell me about the, the teaching experience. What does that mean to you? Yeah, so at the high school, basically, Watertown has, oh, it's about graduating class about 175. So there's about 650, 700 kids in the school. And so there's only a certain amount of teachers that can do a certain amount of classes. And, and so the school leadership would, at the time, wanted to have a, a newspaper class or a journalism class but they didn't have the, the teacher for it. And so they said, well, why don't you become a teacher? And why don't you, why don't you teach the class? And I said, I'm not going to go back to school and get my, go get my master's and, and do that. And just, you know, to teach a class. And, and they said, well, it's really not that complicated. I looked into it and to be a teacher, I just needed to uh, pass a couple tests, be a college graduate and I could be a teacher. And sure enough, I did that. And so now I'm an officially licensed English teacher. So I've been teaching a class, one class at the high school for the last three years. So once again, pretty much the same journalism stuff that I've been doing. It's just with older kids and we do it, you know, online and we do a print product, but they're just bigger, stronger, faster, and they can do a lot more stuff. You know, I, I went through the journalism program in middle school, high school, you know, I was in a journalism program, but I didn't do the newspaper at college. Tell me about today's high school journalism student, what are they thinking? What's their experience like? I don't think it's that much different. I mean, because of the web, they're incredibly more sophisticated. They're incredibly more aware of the world around them. They have a, a, a much more wider, more open world view of the world because, they, because the world is more open to them. As I was going from, from grammar school to middle school to high school, what I was doing was I was reaching out to anybody who might be an interesting story because there's only so many broken locker stories and there are only so many new teacher stories. So what I was thinking was that if we could get perhaps, you know, political candidates or, uh, you know, authors promoting a book or bands in town and treat it like a real newspaper, then a journalist is a journalist so we can get those kids to write those stories. So what I was started doing early on was just reaching out to anybody and everyone saying, hey, I got reporters, you're doing this, can we work together? Can we do something? Can we interview you? Can we see your stuff? Can we meet you? Can you come to us? And as I was doing that, 
I was saying, well, geez, I was getting all these things that was more than I needed for my schools. So I started reaching out and I said, well, I have tickets to this play. I have 10 tickets. So I started reaching out to other schools and other programs. And I started reaching out to other newspapers and other areas and saying, here, this is what I'm doing here. I have this. Do you want to play too? And so over the last 13 years, that's grown and grown and grown. And that's how I started growing and meeting all these other schools and teachers. And that's how Headliners in Education evolved. It's a long way of answering your question, but that's how I came to connect with all these different people. And what I found was that kids are kids and interesting kids are, are everywhere and smart kids are everywhere and kids who, are, who want to do cool stuff are everywhere. And it doesn't matter if it's a city school or a suburban school or private or public or big or small, you're going to have the same amount of kids who want to do interesting stuff. And so these kids today are, the technology is so wonderful that they can go and cover the presidential campaign in New Hampshire and they can file video and they can run stories and they can do podcasts and they can do TV bits and because the technology allows them to. And so what I try to do through headliners and through my work is try to basically make that love connection between the students and the opportunities and promote all those wonderful things that, that journalism does. The point of headliners is going back, circling back to what I've learned over the years in Watertown, which is that if you have journalism in your schools, it opens up an amazing world of opportunities, of educational opportunities that a school wouldn't normally have. And the last couple of years, because we've had a newspaper program, for example, we had two presidential candidates who've come to Watertown. We had John Delaney and Wayne Messam who came at different times. And so you can read about history all you want in your history class, but here's a guy running for president and here's another guy running for president and here's an author and here's a, a Broadway producer or a Broadway star. And you can do all those things. Let's step back a second and sort of talk about headliners. Could you describe what the program is? You kind of talked about how it sort of came about, but what actually is it doing? The best analogy I have is the senior center. All right. So every town has a senior center and the senior center takes the seniors like my lovely 88-year-old mother who lives with us, take the seniors, they do Zumba, they take them to the, to the library, they go on a casino trip, they do exercises, they'll go to the pool. However, the senior center is also getting approached by all sorts of people who want to get at the seniors. So here's your insurance agents, and here's your medical people, here's your foot care people, and here's your dental people, and here's your casino people, and your cruise people. So the senior center plays that middle ground, they pitch their tent, and on one hand they have the seniors, and on the other hand they have all these people who, who want to get to them. And so they meet at the senior center. And so that's what Headliners does. Boys and Girls Club, same way. Boys and Girls Club serves the kids, and Boys and Girls Club also serves the people who want to get to the kids and want to work with the kids. So that's what Headliners does. Headliners works with the students and the schools and the teachers who in some way, shape, or form want to either build their journalism program, enrich their journalism program, or even make it better. And by the same token, we're on the other side, we're flipping around and we're connecting with bands and politicians and colleges and jobs and camps and clubs and people who want to reach the student journalists or the kids. And so that's what Headliners does, is we try to make that love connection between all these cool kids and interesting kids and teachers and schools who are doing journalism and all these people 
who they wouldn't normally have access to. So there might be a, a, you know, a great student newspaper who wants to write about music or Netflix films, but they don't know how to reach them. Well, headliners can reach those people. We have those people. So we can make that love connection. So here's a screening for this new Netflix film, Who Wants In? So here's this, this politician is on the stump. And if you want to meet this politician, sign up. We just got our 501c3 blessing from the IRS in March. So we're an official nonprofit now in many ways, shapes, or form. It's been building for 10 years. What I found, though, was you got to remember, stepping back a little bit, you know, at the same time, I'm a dad, I'm a volunteer, I'm an English teacher, I'm an advisor, I'm helping out at a school, I'm a globe guy. So I couldn't necessarily have a summer camp. I couldn't necessarily pay for lunch or pay a stipend or do something because of my limitations as one of those fields. Because I wasn't working for the globe. I, only, I had certain limitations as a teacher and an educator or as a volunteer or as a dad. So I needed to build that nonprofit segment so I could put everything under one roof and one umbrella. And now I can invite everybody in. You know, I, I wish there was something like this going on when I was in high school. We had to tough it out and try to find our own stories. We didn't have somebody helping us do that. So how many schools do you have involved in this right now? So, so we currently have 300 plus schools and about 1,100 teachers and kids in 25 states. And it's fantastic. The way we do headliners, to me, headliners is free. I mean, there's nothing to sell. It's just a matter of being your name on an email list. And so like last night, I sent out an email. I said, here's some things that are available. And it's summertime and, and it's COVID. So there's not as many things. But for example, Joe Biden was doing some stump stuff virtually where student reporters could log in and take part. So here's this Joe Biden thing. And here's this um, Senator Warren is doing another thing. Here's a Senator Warren thing. And here is this political action group is doing another thing. If you want it, if you're interested in this, do this. Netflix had screener films available for kids who want to do movie reviews. So I sent out this email, it's just this giant email. Here's all these different things I have this week. Open the email, don't open the email. Read it, don't read it. Take advantage, don't take advantage. But it's there for you. And if you want to do this, if you want to write a story, if you want to follow this, that, or the other thing, here are some ways to do that. So that's what we kind of do as headliners. So it's free to join. You're just putting your name on an email list. And then hopefully we can connect the dots in such ways that you can find some interesting things. You know, how do student journalists, student uh, newsrooms, how do they sign on to this? What it's been is just basically me, me reaching out to wherever, whatever list of groups of people I could. We are on social. We have, um, we're on Twitter, we're on Facebook, we're on Instagram. And now we're just on, we just started YouTube. So we can go through there. We do have a website, which, which the URL is far too long to say. But if you search headliners in education, you'll find that. We also have a, a showcase site. And the showcase site has all the information as well. But there's all these cool kids doing all these cool stories. And what we, we thought was like, yes, you might be publishing that story in your paper in, in Michigan or Iowa or Florida, but there's no reason we can't publish it as well since it's a headliner's story. And so we have a showcase site called, the URL is very simple, H-I-E showcase. That's just kids' work. And so what's nice about the showcase site is here's some wonderful stuff the kids have done. Here's some events we've put together that kids have worked on. But it also provides something, a place for kids to publish when their school papers aren't publishing, like the summer. 
So for example, you're, you're, it's the summertime, your school's shut down and you still want to work and publish and write. That's where you can put your stuff in with us and we can publish it on the HIE showcase page. Cool. Well, this sounds like a, like a wonderful program. As I said, it's something I would have loved to have been involved in when I was in high school. Tell me about the successes of this. What are some of the things that sort of stand out to you from headliners? We've had a lot of successes. The 2020 presidential campaign, for example, has offered a, a number of different possibilities and opportunities for the kids. Over the last year, in some way, shape, or form, we've had student reporters at Joe Biden, Cory Booker, Elizabeth Warren. We haven't had a Trump event yet, but on primary night, we had a number of reporters who went up to the primary, and I was with a number of them, and we went to Tom Steyer's campaign headquarters. We went to the, the Fox News remote site where they were broadcasting Fox News, and we got a full tour of the Fox News site and met some of their on-air talents. We ended that night by being at the Bernie Sanders campaign celebration in New Hampshire where he happened to win. And some of my reporters ended up being on stage behind Bernie by luck. So those are the type of opportunities that they've been had just recently from New Hampshire. But we've also, over the years, we've talked to um, presidential candidates like uh, Governor Dukakis, Elizabeth Warren. We've done Academy Award winners. We've been at the Olympics gymnastics championships. We have had people covering the NCAA lacrosse championships. The people from Jagged Little Pill on Broadway have been fantastic with us. We were able to do preview stories with them before the show opened in Boston. We did Skype interviews and, and web Zoom interviews with Lauren Patton, who was one of the stars of Jagged Little Pill. We've been able to take advantage of the technology in such a way but between meeting these people in person or via Zoom or the internet, that we've done all sorts of wonderful things over the years. Another great one is the track. Every year there's a New Balance track event in Boston. And we, every year we get to go and cover that. And we have students meeting Olympic track athletes every year. And then the next day they go and they get to shoot the event and meet the athletes and cover the event. We treat all the student journalism as if it's a normal paper, as if it's a regular paper. We don't say, oh, you know, you're just eight years old, you can't do this. A reporter is a reporter is a reporter, and a photographer is a photographer. And a kid's story on a new restaurant or a new police chief or a new teacher or a new book is just as valid as a story in the Times or the Globe or anywhere else. So I know that we've been talking pretty much about uh, getting the students involved while they're in, you know, in elementary school, middle school, high school. Are any of the students, have they shown an interest in continuing doing journalism? Yeah, we have a, a number over the years. A kid who started in seventh grade at the middle school ended up doing it through high school at Watertown High. And then he went to UMass and he was going to be a pre-med major. And he dumped that after about a semester and a half and he went into journalism and he became, <laughs> he became the uh, managing editor of the paper. He just graduated. His name's Amin Tori. He's very, very talented. But he started with me in seventh grade and he just, it was, it was a bug and he, he really liked it and he was very good at it. We have a kid who did the kind of kid news back when she was in kindergarten has just graduated. She's at Michigan state. Now she's in journalism at Michigan state, Bandina Cower. So it's really cool to see that happen. The one thing I, I don't know is how much we're helping kids go toward journalism or if they'd be doing it anyway. The end result is not necessarily that this is going to turn out journalists. This is going to turn out people who 
for the period of time they're getting something out of this and hopefully it benefits them in some way. Yes. That's what I was reading between the lines. <laughs> in my high school class, the high school class is open to all kids. So I have kids who have been doing journalism before who are headed to Ivy Leagues. And I've also had kids who are English as a second language who have never done journalism before or kids who are just in the class because they needed to something to fill out their block and they'd rather be somewhere else. However, what I love, 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 love about journalism in the school setting is, is there's 10,000 entry points that may be attractive to a kid. So it's not just writing. It can be photography. It can be editing. It can be working with other kids. It can be business like selling ads. It can be web design or newspaper design or quark or InDesign. It can be public relations or marketing. These are all part and parcel of journalism and putting together a paper. Social media. A kid could love social media and then with the newspaper, give them a reason to use that skill. So it's not just writing and reporting. Anybody can play any skill set, any age. And that's why kids down as low as, as pre-K can take advantage and be part of this, be part of journalism. Before we wrap up here, I understand that Headliners, Headliners in Education has, has got a camp going on or we'll be doing a camp. Could you sort of tell me about that? Because the, the quarantine and all the success we had with all the remote interviews and the Zoom interviews and many, many things being canceled this summer, it struck me that it was a good opportunity to use that momentum. So we're having a, a summer camp in July 20th to 24th, and we're having two sessions of journalism and one session of writing. And it's for kids from all across the country. And hopefully it's a way for the kids to do something during the summer that they'll find interesting. And I'm bringing in all sorts of experts and educators who will talk about the specific things that they're experts in. So I have a photographer, a business writer, and a poet, a guy who works for the National Writing Project to talk about journaling and note-taking and all these different things. I thought it'd be a nice way to give the kids something to do from their home they're used to being in Zoom. They're used to being to learning this way now. Everything else was canceled. So hopefully we're gonna, it would be a very, very exciting week of journalism camp. It's all new to us. So we're, we're hoping it's successful. It sounds like fun. I think it's a great place for us to stop. John, thanks for coming on the podcast and good luck with Headliners in Education. It sounds like it's such a wonderful program. Oh, thank you very much, Michael. Thank you for having us. You've been listening to It's All Journalism, a weekly podcast about the people who make the news. You can find out more about us and download past episodes at itsalljournalism.com. While you're visiting our website, why not sign up for the It's All Journalism newsletter? You'll get all the latest info about our podcast, including episode notes and news about live events and upcoming interviews. Go to itsalljournalism.com to subscribe. It takes a lot of people to create an episode of It's All Journalism. Nicole Grisco produced this episode. Amber Healy wrote our web content. Nick Dupre wrote our theme music. Emilia Brust helped with our booking. Nicholas Hunter provided a web assist. And I'm your host, Michael O'Connell. Thanks for listening.